0: Hello, and welcome to the Be Your Change Podcast. Whatever time zone you're listening to, wherever you're at in the world, good morning, afternoon, or good evening. Today, we're going to be talking about the three main exercises that you should be doing to build a bigger, thicker, or muscularly defined back you know muscularity muscular muscular more muscular back let's go with that word this is take two of this episode uh the first time I did it uh, audio was being really weird my mic was cutting in and out so hopefully this time it'll be a little bit different uh I just got new podcasting equipment and a new microphone so hopefully I'll be able to do better this time with this episode and hopefully like you can hear what I'm saying so let's dive right into it the reason why I'm picking these three exercises to build a bigger and thicker back is because they incorporate all of your back muscles not only do they incorporate all of your back muscles but they also incorporate your upper back your middle back, your lats and your lower back. So if you're to break it down into four sections of your back like that, these exercises will make a lot more sense and they'll also help with hitting your your other movements versus not versus, but basically these exercises will help you they'll they'll just help you. I don't I'm just having a brain fart, real hard right now. Anyways, okay. So let's, let's just dive straight into it. Okay. So I feel like the back muscle is a very underutilized or underworked part of the body because you don't see it, right? You don't really see your progression. You don't see the type of gains that you're making. Because it's behind you, right? You you don't see your back every day. The only way you're able to see your back is through a mirror. And then you'd have to, like, get another mirror so you can see in front of you. How, hold a mirror up in front of you so you can see behind you. Take pictures, right? Or have videos of, like, your back just to see, like, what you look like, right? Because to actually see progression, you'd have to take pictures or just kind of, like, be that guy in the gym or that gal in the gym that goes to the goes to the bathroom, yoga room, wherever, little studio if your gyms have that, right? Or your house, wherever it may be. Take your shirt off, kind of just like see what you're dealing with, right? Looking for any type of improvements you want to do, any muscle imbalances, or just looking to, to see what kind of progression you've done over X amount of months, X amount of weeks, how many days it's been etc etc so the first movement that we're going to talk about is going to be the lat pull down and the lat pull down incorporates mainly your lat your lat lat lat, lat is what's wrong with me today i can't speak your lat muscles those or quote unquote they're like wings right when you your your back they're kind of the muscle that pops out of the side, right under your armpit, and kind of goes into your rib cage, or your thoracic cavity. And the reason why the lat pull-down is so crucial to building an amazing back is because it works on your th- your wideness and your thickness. But so when you're hitting the lat pull-down, a lot of people try to chase a V-tapered look, right? Generally speaking, we all want skinnier waist right a tighter midsection something that gives us a nice nice figure right nice base we all want to look good and having a V taper look while hitting and growing your lat muscles will kind of give in, give a type of like illusion to your look that makes it look like you have a skinnier waist than you actually do and the only way to get a skinnier waist is to grow the, the supporting muscles around it which are your lap muscles and then going upwards you want nice broad wide shoulders so you can, can achieve that look it's essentially like think about the back muscle as an upside down triangle right or an upside down pyramid the bottom of the pyramid the base of the pyramid is the part that runs through the upper part of the back that crosses your shoulder blades and then the top of the pyramid will go down and reach your tailbone or your, your lower back. So think about it like that. That's the best way I can kind of describe what a tapered shape looks like. If anyone is a visual learner like I am, look it up, search it, Google, Instagram, whatever. Whatever you use, yeah. Now with the lat muscles, everything you do in the gym, every exercise you do in the gym comes down to technique and just repetition. Because if you're not hitting these exercises correctly, you will not be targeting the muscles that you want to target. So for the lat pull down, right? There's different variations, different hand grips, different placements of the bar, different varieties of bars. There's there's a diamond bar, there's a the regular Straight bar, there's the straight bar with like the inner's, where you can have a wider grip, you can have an inner grip, all those type of elements to this lift will target different parts of the back or target different parts of your body, right? Because when you're doing the lap pull down, since it's a pulling movement. A lot of the pulling movement and secondary muscles are going to be your deltoids, your rear delts to be specific, and your, your uh, biceps, so your brachialis, all those stuff. Because there's like three different parts of the bicep, right? There's your short head, long head, and the part that connects to your elbow and runs down into your forearm. So all of those secondary muscles come into play when it comes to doing the lat pull-down. So to, for a quick technique rundown, for a, we're going to dissect proper lat muscle. To keep the full tension on your lats, you want to pull your shoulder blades back and pop your chest out, right? So if you're to do that right now, your goal is to take your shoulders, try to touch them from behind you. So like you pull it back. And you pop your chest out, right? Kind of like that meme where Kevin Hart's just like, "Say with your chest, right? Say with your chest, and pop your chest out, and bring your shoulder blades back. You want to retract your shoulder blades and keep that position. Now, when you go up to touch the bar, you want to keep your shoulder blades retracted. If you let your shoulders fall, you have a rounded back, taking all of the momentum—not the momentum the tension and off of off the bar and off of your lats and when you're pulling that way it goes from a strict back muscle or it goes from a strict back movement or incorporating majority of your shoulders till the second part of that lift when then you would end up hitting your lats so keeping that in mind for the for the proper bar placement The proper bar placement for pull down is you wanna hit the top part of your chest. So there's a little part of your chest where it's right in your clavicle or your collarbone. And then you don't wanna go too low to where you're under your nipple line, midline. You wanna go right in between your pecs. And that's essentially where you wanna pull the bar. If you pull the bar down too low, the range of motion's kind of awkward. It looks awkward. You look awkward. You'll be targeting different different muscles. If you pull too high, you will not be putting majority of the stress on your lats. You'll be putting majority of the stress on your deltoids, which is what you don't want. You don't want any secondary muscle movements to be felt more than your lats. And then with different different bars, there's bars for lat pulldowns to focus more of your lower lat your upper lat but essentially you want to do lat pull downs strictly for for thickness and to be to build a wider and thicker back so that's a lat pulldown I love the lat pulldown when it comes to weight you want to think about essentially being able to pull the same amount of weight as your body if you cannot do that, then I highly suggest focusing mainly on doing assisted uh, pull-ups. A pull-up is essentially a lat pull-down. The only difference between a pull-up and a lat pull-down is that you do not have the, the luxury of using momentum and gravity to your advantage in a pull-up like are you, yeah, so you use, <laughs> you have the advantage of using momentum and gravity for a pull-up, which is what you don't have in a lat pull-down. So if you are not able to do a pull-up with your own body weight, do assisted, and then for lat pull-downs, I highly recommend working up to your body weight. <clears throat> wow, my voice just cracked a little bit. jeez. <laughs> So, no matter what exercise you do, you should be able to hopefully pull your own body weight. Going on to the second exercise, the second exercise that I recommend is the bent over row or just a rowing movement in general. There's different variations of the row, there's seated. There is the standing bent over row. There's the standing upright row. There's also a chest supra- <laughs> chest supported row. I recommend incorporating all those different variations on your, on your back. But what the row does is the row builds mass, thickness and muscular endurance. Rowing, in my opinion, will really help make your back look full, look thick, build mass, and muscular endurance. For muscular endurance, it's very important to be able to do hypertrophy training because if you're only able to do very low weight and you can't do you cannot hit the 8 to 10, 8 to 15 rep range. Then you really need to just focus on really paying attention to being able to build up your muscular endurance. That will build up over time. Sometimes depending on what kind of day you're having, meaning like you feel groggy, just today's just not your day. We we've, we've all had those days where it's just it's just not your day. And you'll go to the gym and you'll feel like shit. You're super tired. Push through those. Muscular endurance is huge. For the bent over row, variation that I prefer to do for strictly thickness and mass is the bent over row. This is hard to do. Once again, you need technique. Because if you don't have technique, you will be. Focusing your lower back and your legs and your hamstrings more than your back, in a sense. So to fully do a bent-over row, there's multiple videos with proper form, proper technique. This is my take on it. When you're doing a bent-over row, you can do dumbbell or barbell. The difference between dumbbell and barbell is that dumbbell is a more isolated movement meaning you cannot cheat and favor one side like you can with the barbell. So if you have any muscular imbalances, if for whatever reason you you just feel naturally that you're stronger on your left side than your right side, doing dumbbell rows will eliminate the favoring of the side. And that will force you to Fix your imbalance and make sure that one side could pull the same amount of weight as the other side. With dumbbell specifically, it targets more of your middle back. And it forces you to flex and contract your muscles a little bit harder than you would be able to than with a barbell. Because it's just a different feel. Gravity plays a lot different with dumbbells than it does with barbell. And You're able to get a better range of motion with dumbbells than you are with barbell because barbell You can only pull a barbell up until it hits your body and then that's it dumbbells You can kind of pull a little bit past your body What I mean by that that For dumbbells for a bent over row, you're gonna be bent over right Your back the goal is to be perpendicular with the floor So essentially it's kind of like being at a 90 degree angle where the 90 degree angle is at your hips and your back is straight and then your legs are bent. So you're able to to reach that 90 degree angle. If you were to do an upright row, that means that your back is at a 45 degree angle, but your chest is up, you're looking forward, and that'll target a different portion of the back. The upright row, Typically, we'll put a little bit more efficence. <laughs> what is wrong with me today? Efficence on your lower back, your lat muscles, and your mid-back. You will be able to target this efficiently with barbell row. Setting up for this, this movement is a little bit wonky. It's, it's basically... It's kind of like setting up for a dumbbell, right? I mean, not a dumbbell, sorry. Setting up for a deadlift, but instead of going back down with the weight, you hold it at your knees. Then when you bend over, the bar path will go right below your knee, right under your patella, or the front portion of your knee, your kneecap, and then you'll be pulling it and with barbell, you want to keep the barbell as close to your body as possible. Because if you let the barbell get too far away from your, your body and your center of mass, that's when injuries happen. That's when you start to put a lot of pressure on your lower back. That's when you start having to compensate from putting all the tension on your on your lats and your your mid-back to your lower back and your core have to compensate for your lack of technique. So keep the bar as close to your body as possible. After you do that, you're only pulling the bar from top of your knees to your waist. That's it. And you go right back down. The the thing that I see a lot of mistakes with people is that they don't allow their elbows to fully extend, to fully extend and elongate your, your biceps. Which will allow you to not get a full stretch of your lat muscles and your back muscles in general. The reason why allowing your muscles to fully elongate and come back and pull back is because that'll create muscle imbalances in a sense that your muscles will never fully elongate. So they will just grow differently. Hard to explain. But if, you, if you're always in the, in the habit of never fully extending a muscle. You're never fully able to break down those muscle fibers. And then let them recover better. So with the barbell. Fully let your, your, your arms and shoulders pop. But you never want to have a rounded back. It's a little hard to explain without showing you. But there's a lot of videos that you can watch. You never want to have a rounded back. When doing any type of movement. Any type of pulling. You don't want to round your back. Specifically for bent over rows. Or seated rows. So for the vari- that was the variations of, of bent over rows. Standing. Right? So the chest... the chest um, supported ones are a little bit more isolated movements. The, the reason why I like chest supported is because you do not have the luxury of swinging and you don't have the momentum that you can generate like you can with the bent over row, Meaning you can't rock back and forth, can't rely on your, your, your legs to help you pull the weight up, right? You don't have the luxury of relying on your secondary muscles to help you muscle up the weight. Chest-supported anything really isolates the movement and really helps you keen in on your mind-muscle connection, really forces you to think about what you're doing. And in a sense, it forces you to really think about pulling the weight and feeling it in your back so chest supported is just like bent over rows with the with the chest supported right you could you can actually physically change the incline bench to whatever degree you want right they they have degrees set from 80 60 45 30 15 i suggest staying in the 30 to 15 degree range 45 will target more of your upper back and more of your deltoids and your traps. 30 degree angle will be hitting more of your lat and mid uh, mid back. And then 15 degrees is kind of more of your lower back and your... More of your lower back and then a lot of your mid back. No matter what variation you do, you will be hitting you'll be covering all portions of the back. It's just some of these variations will specifically target and try to help implement certain muscles that you really want to target. You can do it with barbell and dumbbell. With the ch- with the chest supported since you have no momentum, you're stationary, right? You can't move, you can't rock back and forth. There is no momentum, you're not using any secondary muscles. Not relying on anything other than your biceps to help stabilize the weight for you and then just relying on your back muscles to be able to pull the weight so I, I recommend dumbbells because like i said before the isolated movement you don't have the luxury of relying on your good side to help you everything is isolated you have one arm per side right you Relatively speaking, you have a left arm and a right arm. As long as you can pull those, those two weights up at the same time and pull up and really flex your back, then you will be holding and hitting the muscles that you want. The third exercise is the... It's called a rack pull. The reason why I like rack pulls is because these go hand-in-hand with deadlifting. So, what is a rack pull, right? A rack pull is basically the top part of a deadlift. What I mean the top part of a deadlift, the top part of the deadlift is where you pull the weight from the bottom of your knee or the top of your knee, depending on where you like placing the bar for rack pulls, and pulling the rest of the weight up. So, rack pulls rely on the same mechanics and fundamentals as a deadlift but it targets mainly your pulling strength and your your lower back and your core and then all the muscles all the all the sections of your back to pull the weight up right for a deadlift a deadlift is a compound movement rack pulls help with your pulling Ability for the top part of the deadlift. With rack pulls, rack pulls will 100% build your strength and your mass and your back and your pulling ability. And it'll create that thickness that we all essentially want to achieve no matter what body part it is. We all want to look like we have thick, dense muscle tissue and muscle fibers. So the reason why I threw in rack pulls as of late, like as of, I don't do them as often just because I have to work on my own personal, like muscle imbalances. Like I personally have a weak core. I personally have a have a messed up lower back. Doing rack pulls puts a lot of pressure on your lower back. If you're doing it right, you will not have that problem. Yes, you will still feel some pressure in your lower back, but technique Technique, technique will save you the problems of going through injury. And the cool thing about the rack pull that you are actually able to pull a little bit more weight than you would on the deadlift, right? So, like, hypothetically speaking, say you're a new lifter, advanced lifter, whatever it may be, right? Say you're only able to hit 315, right? on the bar for deadlifts for three on the rack pool. You would essentially, hopefully be able to double that number. So if you can only hit three, you'd be able to hit six and then you could potentially go up and wait if you want to. You can stay at a good weight. Let's just say you can stay at your body weight and rep out and build your muscular endurance that way perfectly fine good thing about the rack pull is that no matter what weight you do you'll be getting an amazing traction of your back you'll be using all the muscles from a compound lift minus relying on your legs to help pull the weight up from the from the bottom portion of the lift or the starting point of the lift and just Learning how to do the rack pull, it will save you. Will just do wonders for your pulling ability. That's basically what a what a back is, right? Backs are mainly used for pulling things. Chest mainly used for pushing things. So for back day, doing these three exercises, you will start to see the progression of you being able to pull. Your you'll just be able to pull. A lot of weight right because at the end of the day like we always want to progress in whatever we're doing in the gym right you want to be able to do weight rep it out and then you try a new weight and then only hit like one or two and then the next week maybe hit two or three and then the next week three or four and then so on and so forth right we're always looking for progression these three exercises. And their different variations can consume a whole back day for you, except for the rock pulls. The only other variation of a rock pull is put, placing your hands differently, right? You can do overhand or underhand grip, or just delts, right? Same thing with any other variation of anything that you're doing, right? You'll be targeting different muscles doing underhand grip. Versus overhand grip, relatively speaking, underhand grip will be putting more attention for back. I'll just say that, okay. For back, underhand grip typically will be putting more pre- more secondary muscle focus on your biceps for the pulling and stabilizing part, and then it will be able to put more focus on the back of your lat or your mid-back, sometimes lower back, right? Overhand will be putting a lot of secondary pressure on your forearms to help stabilize the weight. And then it'll go down to your upper back. It's a huge difference between underhand and, and overhand. Overhand puts a lot of Efficence, Efficence, Jesus, on the upper back, whereas underhand will put more on the lower back and your lats. Regardless, both hands will hit your lats, but that's mainly the difference between upper hand and lower hand. (laughs) Upper, mm, overhand and underhand. (laughs) Those are the differences. I'm like fuming my words. It's like my brain will work today, you know? I recommend doing these three exercises. Watching videos. Doing techniques. Working on your technique. And then, to prevent injury, please stretch. Please stretch. There's a lot of stretches that you can do. You want to typically stretch before and after workouts. If time lets you. Sometimes we're all on a crunch time. Sometimes we like to get in and out of the gym. Don't like to be bothered. Sometimes we get sidetracked. with Whatever's happening in our life. But if you can, definitely stretch before. And if you can stretch after, please stretch after. That's all I got for today. A little messy with the words today, huh? Alright. It is what it is. Some days your brain works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes words are hard to pronounce, you know? That's just life. Sometimes you're just a big, dumb, stupid poophead like me, you know? Words are tough. Anyways, take it easy. Stay safe. Pray for you, Karen. You don't know what's going on with that. Look into it. It's all over the news. There's other sources to find out about what's going on in the world. Our hearts and prayers go out to Ukraine in the war. We don't want war. Stay safe for everyone.